Monday, October 19th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Uh, Hoynesy, we got a special guest coming on uh, shortly. We'll be joined by James Harris, the vice president of player development. Uh, this is this is the guy who is is in charge. He drives the bus. He's in charge of the probably the most important department in the Indians uh, organization over the last few years. This is uh, the guy whose whose area is getting guys like Shane Bieber, Zach Plesac, and Aaron Savali ready for the big leagues. Yeah, Joe, and he's, uh, you know, James Harris is out in, uh, well, he's, you know, he's kind of super, you know, he's out in Goodyear right now um, uh, with uh, their, their fall development uh, program. Uh, they've got like 50 of their prospects out there in, in Goodyear, Arizona, and uh, they'll be there to the end of the month. Uh, they're playing games and trying to make up for lost time because no one had a, a minor league season this year. All right. Well, we will be joined here now by James Harris on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast when we come back. All right. We're joined by Indians Vice President of Player Development, James Harris. Uh, James, great to talk to you. Uh, right now, a busy time for you as the Indians are sort of in the middle of their uh, fall instructional league out in Arizona. Uh, you just came back from, from camp uh, the other night. Uh, what's the latest out of that camp? Uh, who's who's sort of impressed you so far, or, or is that even something that that's a possibility right now? As these guys haven't had a, had haven't had much work this season. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. Is like who's impressed? Um, I guess I can't say everyone's impressed, but like because I, I think that's that's what I would would actually feel is like you walk in and you haven't seen these guys in seven months with your own eyes. And when you do, like, you're just excited to see them on the field. So that would be the answer is everyone impressed, but that's probably not what you're looking for. So you're looking for specific players. Um, the, the guys that I was most excited to see were the new draft picks and the guys that we acquired from San Diego. So um, never had seen them before. I didn't have a chance to, to be at, at site two because I was in Ohio and I, I live in, in California. So I didn't see those guys. So being able to see them over the last week was impressive. Like the, the physical specimens that came along in the draft, as well as in, in those trades, if you, if you see like how tall, how strong, how mature these players are, um, you couldn't help but be excited. Uh, you know, specifically guys like uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Arias and uh, Joey Cantillo, who were uh, two and, and uh, I, I believe Owen Miller as well. Uh, the, the guys who came over from San Diego, those guys, uh, what have you learned just in the, the short time that you were able to see them? Those, those three guys are the exact ones that I'm talking about. Finally got to see them play some ball in person. Um, again, physical stature, maturity of the game, love of the game, and just going out there having fun. Um, it's easy when you're watching Gabriel Arias as he's playing the game to start to draw like conclusions about hey this guy plays like this guy or he 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 looks like this but man I mean saw a couple web gyms and a home run within a game makes you dream on on what he can do right away um try not to get too excited because it's I've only seen him in two games but wow was really excited about what came over to us and who's joining our organization hey James what how important is this camp to, uh, you know, the 50 minor leaguers that are there or prospects that are there after they, you know, didn't play for a whole season? I think it's, 
it's important to them as individuals because you're right. Like most of these guys didn't play, all of them didn't play a full season. Some of them got a chance to be at our alternate side to get a little bit of uh, baseball, but it's important to them. It's important to us, not just on and being able to develop those guys, but continuing the relationship. So imagine you're having 50 guys that you did, you don't have a chance to put your eyes on to talk to, not just about baseball, but anything um, in person and then being able to see him. So when we walked through the doors with a lot of our staff, it, it wasn't a lot of, hey, here's what your fastball's doing. It's a lot of, of how's your mom doing? How, how's your girlfriend? Those, those type relationships, um, which is extremely important for us. Uh, for those players, uh, the, the three guys that you mentioned and uh, the, the class of five draft picks as well, uh, in this month-long camp that, that's going on at the Arizona Goodyear Complex, are, are you able to start the process of identifying those areas where, you know, even just down to small areas where some of these guys need to make uh, improvements from, from now until the start of spring training, from the start of spring training, what you'd like to see them do into next season? I think you can start the process. I think that process started in the acquisition process with our scouts. Um, they do such a good job of getting to know these players and, and when they actually come here, you feel like you already know them. And that's why you have to build the relationship parts. Because imagine uh, walking into a building where everyone knows everything about you, <laughs> but you don't know everything about the organization yet. So we're trying to bridge that gap of helping to build those relationships between them and us as we learn more about who they are as players and how they like to learn and how they like to acquire their skills. But they're talented players, and that's why we acquired them. It's just in these next couple of weeks, we're going to try to say, how can we, we take them to that next step and how we can help them help take themselves to the next step and then hopefully help our major league team in Cleveland. James, uh, you know, in talking to Ant Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff, he said that the whole organization with, with no minor league season, you know, and only players in the alternate camp, they said they, they really kind of uh, activated every, a lot of staff members in virtual coaching virtual instruction. Could you see uh, the benefits of that um, when, when the players actually got on the field together? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. It's, it's something that every week we got on the phone with our players, not just individually, but as teams. We tried to teach them more about the game. We tried to teach them more about their, who they are as individuals. We exchanged videos. So we say, hey, you're, if you're going to the cage, you're going to throw a bullpen. Hey, send over your information, send over video, let's talk through it, let's, let's see where you're at. Uh, some players are having their, their moms catch them and, <laughs> or, or put balls on the tee or roll, roll balls to them, like very serious. And, and when they got here, or when the, the 50 players that walked through the door, it wasn't like they were sitting on the couch for, for seven months. We were continuing the conversations that we were having through that virtual environment, and it was awesome to be able to shorten the gap between the work and the feedback. So virtual, I go out, I work out, I talk to you later today or tomorrow, that, that time between you work out and the time we interact is hours, sometimes days. Now you can feel the ground ball, I can give you interaction within the moment and it shortens the development cycle. So we're really excited to be able to do that. Uh, James, uh, just for a second, before we uh, jump back into some questions that are uh, our subtext subscribers uh you know want to we're curious curious about um i wanted to ask about you uh, and, and just your journey to uh get to the indians uh you I, as i'm as i'm looking at you on the zoom call i see the uh 
the Eagles helmet and the Nebraska helmet. I don't have to uh, uh, ask who, who your pick is for the Big Ten opener next week uh, <laughs> between Ohio State and, uh, and Nebraska. But uh, I do want to ask just about your you know, sort of journey to where you are now with the Indians, uh, you know, through Pittsburgh. And you started off really uh, with, with a football background as well. Yeah, I did uh, start off with a football background. And, and who I root for in the Big Ten opener is, is kind of comp- complicated because Ryan Day was our quarterback coach with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And Scott Frost was our quarterback at Nebraska and worked with us at Oregon. So I'm, I'm very familiar with both head coaches and both staffs. But I'm a Nebraska graduate, uh, and I work in Ohio, so there's a, there's a lot of complications there. So I've been around a lot of, of really smart people, as well as great leaders, um, and 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 continue to be around those. I mean, you guys have mentioned Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff, and you guys you guys know the the level of leadership that those guys provide. But I've also been around Chip Kelly, Tom Osborne, mm-hmm. uh, as we just said, Ryan Day, Scott Frost. Um, we can continue to name these names that, that have had influences on me in my career. And then you can flip over to what we did in baseball uh, with the Pirates. It's like being around guys like, like Clint Hurdle um, has definitely influenced my career. And then you can't, you can't leave out the Hall of Future Hall of Famer Tito. Um, so I feel very fortunate to be around these, these influences on my life and my career and looking forward to continuing that process. But this is not over. It, it, when you hear the the accolades that particularly Tito and, and Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, uh, you know, have and, and give to the the player development program uh, that the Indians have been able to put forward uh, to get guys like Shane Bieber and uh, Zach Plesac, Aaron Savali to the major leagues as quickly as they they are, uh, you know, how how does that make you feel as as the guy who's basically you know driving the bus on that right now? Yeah, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable, to be honest with you, because player development is not separated from what we do at the major league level. It's not separated from what we do in scouting. So when people start to point the finger at player development and say that's how players are impacting the major league team, it makes me really, really uncomfortable because it starts in the scouting process of, like I said earlier, getting to know the players, being around them in the development process and getting great feedback from our major league club of what plays at the major league level and what they needed to look like. So it's not one group. And I know because of how baseball is organized, there's scouting player development in the major league team. But that blur is so blurry within our organization that everyone's part of player development, especially our major league staff in our front office. So, um, again, I, I, I would rather be the guy in the back of the room that no one knows about. Um, and that would make me happy. Well, a good way to do that is by getting on this podcast with us and then everybody know your name. That's, that's, that's perfect. You're part of your master plan, I'm sure. Hey, James, what, what is, what is the, the main difference between a football athlete and a, and a, and a baseball athlete, a baseball player? That's, that's a really good question, Lindsay. I think the main question is, is what we call seasoning. Is football athlete, you draft him out of college, He's going to play for you. You, you draft him in April. He's going to play for you in August. Um, baseball athlete, you draft him in June. He's going to play for you six years from now. So you get, you get that seasoning. You get to be around your staff. You get to be around your culture. You get to, they get to grow up as men. Um, and you don't get that as much in, in the football. In, in football as a sport, and you start to see some guys mature as they get older and play longer in their, their, their careers as they kind of get it. 
but they got to get it quick. Um, where in, in baseball, you can you can give them some time to, to settle in and, and click later. Thanks. Uh, a lot of a lot of um, talk when we talked to Chris Antonetti at the end of the year, uh, as as we mentioned the the players coming out there to Arizona. Uh, Nolan Jones, uh, the top prospect in the organization, uh, potentially changing positions or, or ex at least exploring some positional versatility, which is always a, a good thing, uh, you know, especially at the major league level for these guys. Uh, what have you, what were you able to see of Nolan when you were out there? And, you know, how's the transition or is there a transition going on right now uh, for, for him to the outfield at all? Yeah, I, I don't know if I would call it a changing of positions. I think adding versatility is probably a better description of, of what we're doing with Nolan. Um, just imagine, like, we don't know how Nolan's going to be able to impact our, our major league team. And we have a really good third baseman up there. So if Nolan can only play third base, he limits our options with our major league team. But if Nolan might be able to play one of the corner outfields or maybe even some first base or even, even play third base, he provides more options for himself as a player in his career and, and for Tito and, and Chris and Mike as they decide what the major league team looks like. So being able to have Nolan out there, like number one, Nolan gets that. And by getting that, he is out there spending extra time with JT McGuire, one of our outfield coaches. He's spending extra time with John McDonald, our field coordinator, who, who you know is a, was, a, was a great infielder. So he is spending that extra time getting, it, getting in the work to show that he deserves the opportunity in, in the future. So um, couldn't be more excited about what he's doing. Uh, James, one of our subtexters asks about uh, Mason Hickman, uh, the number five pick from, from this year's draft. What, what have you uh, – I mean, initial impressions. What, what have you thought? Yeah, I haven't seen him play in games yet. I've talked to him on a couple Zoom calls and seen him, seen him in person. So, jury's still out on actually seeing him in person. But from what I've heard from our staff and from our scouting department, it makes me really excited. So looking forward to actually seeing him in a, in a game where he can kind of pull some of those things together. But if you know anything about Vandy's program, you know they put, put guys into in the pro ball. And when those guys come to pro ball, they have a pretty good idea of what they need to do to, to be right. And that's, that's true of Mason. I was also curious about Carson Tucker. I mean, the number one pick. Uh, what, uh, I know he lives in Arizona. I don't know if, if he was able to get to the facility and work out a little more or uh, just – or if he's just came to camp with everyone else? Uh, we saw him a few times before camp, and then now he, he's in camp. What's interesting is we had his brother in Pittsburgh when I was there. Oh, yeah, and his right. brother was, was tall, skinny, not as developed as, as Carson is. And Carson's a little bit more mature at the same age. So that was the first thing I, I said to him. I'm like, hey, this is the last time I will make a, a comparison between you and your brother, but you're way ahead physically than, than he was at, at this age. And, and he just flexed on me and said, I know. <laughs> so, so like really excited about, about what he can do at, at the shortstop position. And, uh, and what we've seen so far has been impressive. Well, who was it that he hit the, the bomb off of on the, the video in the desert? There was it, was it Bauer that he was hitting off? Logan of? Allen. Logan was Allen. Logan, he hit, he hit, I, I'm sure he's showing that video. If I were him, I'd be showing that video to everybody I know. <laughs> Because he hit a, a <laughs> missile off of a, a, a major league pitcher. I mean, that's that, that, was, that was pretty impressive. Uh, as, as far as, um, you know, these, these guys, that we talked about the draft picks. We talked about 
Uh, obviously, Carson Tucker, a, a shortstop, a middle infielder. It just seems like in the pipeline right now, there are so many young middle infield guys. It, we, some of us were pretty surprised that the Indians took a, a number one uh, pick, uh, spent a number one pick on a, a shortstop with uh, Tucker. Uh, just how much development do all these guys need? Because there's going to be a need at that position at the major league level, possibly within the next couple of months. Yeah, for us, I mean, especially in the player development system, we're trying to help each guy get better and can't look too far in the future of what we may need there. And we might miss out on what we have currently. But the fact that we have a lot of young shortstops is a problem that I think every organization would, look, would love to have. Uh, the problem of having a lot of young starting pitchers is probably a problem that a lot of people would, would love to have. So guys who have been really athletic at shortstop can also play second. A lot of those guys can also play third. So there's opportunities for them to play in the game, but they're shortstops. So we, we try as hard as we can to create environments for them to get game experience at shortstop. And it's really, really cool. Like one of the, I was just down there until, until Friday and I go back here in the next couple of days. The funnest thing is to watch those guys take into because as you've said, all of those guys are good. Some of those guys are first picks. Some of those guys have made some, some money on the, on the free agent at, in Latin America and just watching those guys field ground balls. is it's, it's fun. It's amazing. It was really exciting. James, the one, the one guy now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the one guy I didn't see in Goodyear or on the roster was, uh, Brian uh, Rocio. I was wondering if he was still in Venezuela or he couldn't, you know, he had some problems getting out of Venezuela that I initially heard, but I, I don't know where, what is his status right now? Yeah. So, so he's at home and, and it's really difficult with the tra traveling in and out of VZ right now. Um, yeah. I don't, because I, I work in baseball, I haven't really dug into the political nature between the two countries, but all I can say at this point is it's hard to, have players that are in America to travel back home to VZ, and it's hard to have people in VZ travel to America. Okay, and that's got to be uh, frustrating because he he was actually in Major League Camp for a, for a couple of games uh, before coronavirus shut things down, uh, and and I believe he hit a, a home run or two off of. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he he did. Uh, he and George Valera both uh, you know look pretty impressive. So, uh, great, Hoinsey. Uh, we have anything else for for James before we? Uh, what one more, loose? James? You know, you guys have had, you guys have drafted and, and developed a lot of uh, you know success with with pitchers, is and as opposed to outfielders, is there an intangible? Is there a difference? Is there an intangible between what attracts you to a, a pitcher or what attracts you to maybe a a, a position player? Yeah, that, that's a really good question, and that starts with our our scouting department. They get a lot of information on these on these players and, and see who, who we can help become major league players. Um, whether that's a pit, pitcher or position player is, is the argument in the room. I'm sure everyone has their, their own opinion of who can help us the most and who might be the best pick at that time. But when it when it all comes down to it and, and Chris and Mike are selecting who might be the best for us, um, you cannot question uh, the type of guys who are coming into our organization. So I trust whatever comes into the player development system. And we try to help those guys become big leaguers. And fortunately, um, you've seen a couple of young guys from the player development system help us in Cleveland. And I, I know, um, you know, there's a lot of unknown about next season, but it sounds like you guys are kind of 
maybe the, the, the minor league system is going to get cut down to maybe four full season clubs and then maybe a couple, maybe a one organizational team or, a, you know, a, a camp team. Is, do you have, is there any clarity to that to this point? At this point, sounds like you know more than I do. <laughs> so, so none of those things have been fully determined. Uh, as you know, um, the, the deal with, with minor league baseball has expired and we're still working through what that exactly looks like. Anything I would say at this point would just be speculation, but I've heard the same rumors that, that you've heard um, and you, you'll probably hear it before I do it at this point because it's, there's a lot of things that need to come together first. Is that a detriment to, to the minor league system? I mean, you're not going to be able to hold as many players, right? Or, or, is, or is that just my opinion from the outside looking in? Yeah, and that, that's hard because we've been an organization that, that definitely values player development. So being able to have players that you can work with seems to be a, a benefit. But whatever the system is, it's not going to just be the system for us. It'll be the system for all 30 teams. And then we'll try to find a way to find inefficiencies in, the, in that system that we can work to, to be in our advantage. But first, got to know what the rules are. So we're, we're kind of sitting back with, with everyone else, trying to help the players that we have in, in place develop. And then once they tell us what the number is, whether that be teams or players, we're going to try to help our major league team win in Cleveland by developing those players. Thanks a lot, James. Ned. Great. Great. James, uh, again, thanks for, uh, for coming on here, uh, taking some time out. Uh, I know you uh, uh, doing a little bit of traveling back and forth between the, the, the facility and uh, Southern California. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way out with the, uh, the fall training camp and as we head towards uh, next season in spring training. We hope to, to, to see more of the, uh, the fruits of your labor joining the, uh, joining the big league ranks uh, in, in the coming months. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry, I had to sneak away from Arizona. It's my wife's 40th birthday. So I oh, came home to, to, happy to birthday, celebrate her hey, birthday. And then, that's important, then I got to jump back in the car and head <laughs> off to Arizona again to be with our players and, and, and get that done. But uh, I think I'm smart enough to be with my wife on her birthday. And then after that, I'll get back to work. All right. Well, go Buckeyes on Saturday, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. All right.